Gray Fox. Praise games. you waiting huh hello friends and welcome to gray fox plays games the video game podcast for people that like to have a pet i have a pet i call it blood-soaked beast anyway speaking to my blood-soaked beast i am joining to the most soulsiest man in the business souls bristic i like to call him mr michael carton edwards aka michaelness how are you doing my friend i'm good man i'm good souls bristic you, you never cease to amaze me man you never <laughs> cease to amaze me but i am very good how are you doing my friend i am i am doing banging pal i it's a lovely wednesday evening the the it's still sunny outside. That's a that's a thing in the UK because we're we're so dry and grey and wet. Actually, even more than dry, but um, we're so dull that when we have a little bit of colour in the sky and you actually see people what they're actually meant to look like, it's always really really nice. Uh, speaking to someone who is very nice, I'm going to have to say it: the man with the best goddamn curly hair in the business. Our producer Jonathan Moles. How you doing, Mister Sir? Yeah, I'm good. Thank you very much, Mister Sir. You like the 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 budget, Mister. <laughs> Mr. Sir. I couldn't think of a title, so we just called him Mr. Mr. Sir. The man in the chair. Um, but uh, how's the engine room? That's good. Lively. Good. Lively indeed. So let's talk about a little about what we've been playing. Now, Miles, I know what you and me have been playing. We'll, we'll talk about that in a second. I'm going to pass it back to Michael Carden Edwards. What have you been playing recently, sir? Uh, not much. I've got a dog, so uh, that's been <laughs> taking a they say you call it blood-soaked beast. <laughs> been playing fetch. That's what he's been playing. Yeah, I've just been playing fetch, man. Uh, the no, best VR game ever. The only the only game I've been playing is uh, the uh, the game that's probably been, uh, I guess, competing with Resident Evil Eight for the title of best-selling game of, of the last kind of while. And I, Resident Evil win. I've been playing Pokemon Snap. Snap, man. Because classic. Because I f-ing loved the 1999 version of Pokemon Snap. And actually, I revisited it uh, about seven or eight years ago on an old 64. And I spent the Sunday playing Pokemon Snap, and it was just delicious. So I saw it got released. I went, you know what? I used all of the points that I had uh, saved up on Nintendo Switch, and I bought the and. Oh, it's delightful. It's just really for someone who's a massive Pokemon fan like me. It's just really easy to play. It's fun. It just it's just really nice. I want someone to, I don't, I'm sure someone's done this. I haven't checked it. I haven't validated this, but I thought it would be a really cool idea for someone to play Pokemon Snap, record it as a video, and for some to do a David Attenborough-style voiceover of just, as he goes towards the Pikachu, he takes his picture. And as he moves on, the Snorlax attacks, but falls asleep. He'll have to wait till dawn. I can't think of another name, a mime, to come in. There we go. Yes, that's how it's done. <laughs> I'd love it. If someone's listening who is creative and amazing, make something like that. And I'll watch it. That's all I can really promise. <laughs> I'll watch it too. But um, but before me and Miles talk a little bit about Resident Evil 8 for a minute, um, I actually, I finished Control finally. Uh, I've done the PS5 update and god damn it right you know i can't wait for this period to be over when we've got this cross-gen thing because there is no consistent way to do save migration from the ps4 to the ps5 i thought it just would be it's all cloud-based you just load your thing again but because i suppose maybe code differences or whatever it is actually considerably harder so for example the avengers game you have to download and update to the ps4 version and on that ps4 version because it will know you have a ps5 because you've had to go on your ps5 first to tell it you've got a P- on the ps4 
version would then turn around and say migrate game save you know okay i will migrate my saved game and you press that button then you've got to go back to your ps5 or like me you had to download the ps4 version onto your ps5 to do said thing and then download the ps5 version to then start playing said game if you think that isn't messed up enough control I, I mentioned this before. I found, bought Control just before it went for free. God damn it. And I got about three quarters of the way through the game. And I was like, this game's absolutely fantastic. I love it. I adore it. But if I could give any criticism to it, it would be that's a little bit janky when it's, uh, it needs, when, it, when the, when the, the proverbial hits the fan because there is so much going on. Playing this on a PS5 or a PS4 Pro, you probably don't get those issues. So I was like, you know, I'm going to wait because I know there's going to be a juicy PS5 update and I'll, I'll wait then. So I've been waiting all this time. I went to go load my saved game. Doesn't work on the PS5, uh, PS5 version. It only works in the PS4 through the PS5 compatibility mode. And I'm like, no, no, if I want to feel the benefit of the instant loading, the, the buttery smooth frame rate and the ray tracing stuff, I was like, you know what? It's probably for the best. I'm going to start from scratch anyway. So I, you know, over the course of a week, because I was off this week or last week, um, you know, life and family stuff. No, don't worry. It's not gone wrong for me. Um, and I, I completed it. And you know what, dude? Like, I know, I think it, it was free on PSN not too long ago. And I think it's part of like people's game libraries now. If you've not played Control, give it a go. It is so good. The gameplay is amazing. The story is awesome. And the only way to describe it, I don't want to give any spoiler alerts, but essentially it's to do with like telekinesis. It's like if um, X-Files, Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Minority Report had a baby, it would be this game. But it's told in a really creative way. The gameplay is the best gameplay I've played in a long time. It's got such a amazing loop the only the only way i can sell it anymore is that basically you have these telekinetic powers you start off being able to pick up small items and throw them at enemies by the end of it you are essentially magneto you you levitate around the room you can pick up items that are like forklift trucks and you can pick up multiple things and it's just absolutely incredible and just one final bit there's a proper mind melding battle at the end where they basically get this metal band to play a song called control and i've got to say it's the most metalist game experience i've ever had there we go by control anyway john we've held off long enough we've got to talk about quickly i know mr michael kind was going to sit back for a second resident evil village son all i want to hear how far in you are, without spoilers, how you're enjoying the story. And just the general, like, I'm happy I spent 60 plus pounds on this or not. Hit me. Uh, yeah, I'm happy. I've spent 60 quid on it. Um, I won't give too many spoilers away, but I'm in the castle. Everyone knows there's a castle. I'm in the castle. I'm exploring and smashing everything and finding stuff. It's great. It looks absolutely glorious on the PS5. Uh, mm-hmm. textures, ray tracing, gameplay, the story so far, it's intriguing. Um, characters are brilliant. Um, yeah, I don't want to give too many spoilers. But I'm thoroughly enjoying it. Absolutely enjoy it. And I'm not as far as you in the game, so yeah, don't yeah, give me spoilers. I'm, a, I'm about six hours in. I've been doing a couple of hours each night, and it's one of those games where you know, I'm just, oh, just go a little bit further. Just a little bit more. Another 10 more minutes. Another 10 more minutes. You look, at, you, yeah, you look at the clock and go, damn it, it's one in the morning. I have a life. I'm in my mid-30s. I should have a look at myself. But another crate. You know what? I might stick around a little bit longer. Um, so that's, uh, I agree with you on that, um, all of those fronts. Um, there's something I really want to say, but I don't want to be considered a spoiler. I think the success of the 
last trailers of that game that started showing us uh, Lady Dimitris, the the big amazing lady. Um, she is one character in this game, and they went massive on this. And people are really upset, thinking they've been sold something they've not got, which is not true. She is in the game, but she is not a big, she's not a massive, massive, massive part of the game, which the advertising would suggest it is. So that's just, I think they just didn't realize how big that character was ever going to be when they designed this game, which is, you know, not a, not a critique at all, but it's just like, oh, okay, cool. Also, the fact that this game has been the fastest selling Resident Evil game of all time shows the reach it's had and everything else, which is, and I've I got to say, I generally love it. I can't wait to go a little bit more spoilerific with you, Miles, when we both get to the end. We are going to do a special with some guests who very much know their Resident Evil lore and be able to quiz us uh, over on a couple of bits where we hopefully can hold our water, but I'm not counting on it uh, with that. So, yeah, I'm absolutely fantastic. If you're... If you're a Resident Evil fan, you're going to love it. You're already playing it already. Anyway, let's talk about some stuff that brings Mikey back in. I'm going to say two words, which hopefully will will pique your interest, my friend. I'm going to say Ratchet and Clank. As those, those, those words make you feel, my friend. Um, yeah, man. Like, quite excited, I think. Quite excited. Have you... Uh, so, over the last couple of weeks, Insomniac Games, who are, by the way, again... Everything they do, love them. Um, and actually, did you hear this? I didn't put it in the news, but since we're talking about Insomniac Games, uh, Sunset Overdrive was one of their first games on the last generation. In fact, it was an exclusive for um, Xbox One uh, as a launch title. And they, uh, Sony have procured the IP naming rights to uh, Sunset Overdrive 2, or you know, Sunset Overdrive sequels. So it sounds like they might be coming back to that, but that's not the news I wanted to talk about, but that is an interesting point. Um, is actually that we are getting close to Ratchet & Clank coming out. I think we're five days away now, or five weeks. It might be worth five weeks, probably five weeks, actually. Uh, and they were doing the whole press thing recently to drum up interest and show things. They showed press a vertical slice of a couple of levels, and they were allowed to do screen captures and bring that back to the wild for everyone to see. And oh, hot damn, man, like... It looked good during, like, it looked gorgeous during the the first reveal, but they have gone overdrive in the use of ray tracing and the reflective effects. Like, the amount of noise that goes on, they seem to make it look so, so good. And this ability to jump from rift to rift. Ah, man, Mikey, I know this is on your, like, you're like, Ratchet and Clank, that's my party. That's my Perlo. (laughs) Yeah, man, I've played the Ratchet and Clank game since PlayStation two days um i was obviously a big jack and daxter fan that was my that i love platformer games in general right um and obviously i saw ratchet and clank and i was like that sounds like jack and daxter that sounds like banjo kazooie i'm in um very different games obviously it's very much based around weapons and stuff the humor always used to amuse the ever-loving you know what out of me um the last game they were the, the one they released the ps4 which is kind of the remaster or the remake that came at the same time as the movie uh, i enjoyed it a great deal um They've it, just done a really good PS5. I'm sorry to keep going, oh, just, I, I, you don't know this because you ain't got one. You go pity on your boy. You know, he tries ever so hard. But but they've done a really good PS5 update. Fight, and that's the first time I've played a Ratchet & Clank on your recommendation. And I'm going to say the really lazy thing that everyone says about Ratchet & Clank in next gen. Oh, it looks like a Pixar movie. It looks like a Pixar movie, mate. It looked, like, it, looked like, it looked like a Pixar movie on PlayStation 4, to be honest with you. Um, yeah, like it's, um, yeah they're, re- they're really, really well-made games. Um, I found... I really liked the last one um, because it reminded me... It was obviously a remake of the one I played as a kid. So I was like, this is wonderful to revisit it. Um, 
there was something it feels like the soul is gone somehow like they changed the ratchet his character is not what it used to be at all um he it was a lot more um there maybe i'm not using the right word but when i was a kid there was a lot more risk involved in some of the jokes and some of the innuendo that was used it was a little bit more on the knuckle let's just say and ratchet as a character um had a lot more about him and i think nowadays he's very paint by numbers quite a dull character uh they're obviously introducing a new um a new character uh who is called uh rivet uh yeah. and she's like obviously the, 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 the female equivalent the female lombax which is the the race of, of, of ratchet right and a lot of people are very excited for rivet very 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 excited uh it's getting... are, they, are they thirsting for her like they did for lady dimitrist and resident evil is <laughs> a different different type of of uh liking I don't, um, I don't know how to answer that question. Um, <laughs> it sounds like it's a different kind of liking yeah. than, than, than what they were yeah. talking about. Fair enough. But it's, like, I, look, I'm, I, it's, gonna be one of, it's a showcase, right? It's a showcase for the abilities of the PlayStation 5 and next gen in general. So like, like I'm I'm intrigued to see. I assume, Flint, you, you'll pick it up at some point. Uh, may not be launched. Yeah, man, but... I, I, I played that remake on your recommendation. And also my daughter was just like, that's a movie on Amazon Prime right now. And I'm like, is it? So the actual movie, which I don't know, is it the game of the movie or the movie of the game? They kind of all made it at the same time. Um, and they use clips from the movie. We watched the movie and, you know, it was perfectly fine. Yeah. Kids loved I, it. I must admit, Captain Quark cracks me up. However, he was funnier in the old games. Like there, there's something, yeah, that really well made, but something for me has been lost over the years with Ratchet and Clank. Uh, I don't know what it is. May hopefully the new one kind of brings that spark or that soul back, whatever that was. I'm hoping it does. Uh, so is this is this game a sequel to the movie or a sequel to the remake game or a continuation of the story altogether? I have absolutely no idea. I assume it is going to be a. Um, it's the six. You know, it's the sixteenth Ratchet and Clank game. Wow, I did not know they had that many. That's quite a lot. Apparently, it takes place after Ratchet and Clank into the Nexus. Um, there we go. And because obviously the last game, Ratchet and Clank, which was released in twenty sixteen, was a reimagining of the first game, right? So. Yeah, so it's all, uh, yeah, I don't, the, the timelines of Ratchet and Clank is all over the place. You're asking the wrong guy here because I haven't played a number of these ones in the middle. Um, so, yeah, not sure. That, that's exactly what I said about Mortal Kombat, to be fair. Um, so, anyway, moving on, another another company that's got lots of games, uh, Ubisoft or Ubisoft, depending on where you are in the world, have made an announcement that they are going to be doing some big budget free-for-play games off of their current IP. How do you feel about this one, boys? We had an opinion about free-to-play, but I think it's fair to say that some games have made it work, some games haven't. Well, what do you think about this and Ubisoft going in this direction? Depends what they're... Like, their Ubisoft games are already chocked full of microtransactions anyway, right? So, yeah. like, realistically, <laughs> what's the difference? Is it going to be even it... more annoying in that sense? Like, yeah, yeah. it gives people a chance to play it, but, like, I know that I hate any kind of level gating in games. I hate anything like that where you've got a, like the worst thing about me in a video game is where you, you're playing the story. And like, I'm, I'm not a big fan. It's going to sound really stupid. I'm not a big fan of story in games in general, unless it's really, really good. That's why I love the souls games because the story is there. If I need it or if I want it, it's not overwhelming. It's not 15 minute cutscenes. The only ones I'll, I'll allow Metal Gear solid. That's as far as I'll go. Cause I know there's care and craft in it, you know? Um, mm. I cannot handle games where you 
are playing through the story and then the next chapter of the story, oh, I'm too low a level. I need to now grind for a bit and level up to get to the next section. It's like, this isn't, an, this isn't a, uh, this isn't World of Warcraft, dude. That's not what this is about. This is a, this is a story game. And uh, that, mm. that, um, that stage game, that stuff just, yeah, I, mm. I'm, I ain't a fan, bro. And, um, I feel like the, that this, it, there's just going to be more of that. Cause Ubisoft love that shit. And that worries me. Yeah. And no, I, I think it depends on the, like, you know, it's a, it's a kind of get out of, jail answer but it does kind of depend on the games i would be really disappointed if a narrative driven game that you supposed to gain momentum through because you are completing additional things i.e unlocking new story elements or going through new experiences those things are expensive to do most develop not developers but game companies hate games that don't have a, a loop of some kind where they have to remake things like destiny the story mode was only ever played once i've played hundreds if not thousands of hours of that game and yet most of the time they did spend of building that story i'm never going to see again so i understand mm. the business logic of why are you building something that's only ever going to be used once where if you could build something for free that can be used again and again and again and we can milk the hell out of it okay depends on the style of game i would be really disappointed if an assassin's creed become a welcome to the world of assassins you're going to be in this little city and it's going to kind of be like gta but no these imagine I mean, gta without the story in it is yeah, it I as mean, good i mean it's going to be heartland right so the next division game um is called yeah. heartland and that's going to be free to play um and i think that's going to be um that's going to be their kind of uh, they're testing the water with it to be honest with you i think that's what yeah. what's what we're going to see also um, it depends on ip right so like i'll gladly play a complete unknown for free you're yeah. it for free. Here we go, right? And that's Fortnite, where, never that's, heard where of that's where some of like Apex Legends came into play. Um, and, yeah. and even to a degree, like Call of Duty Warzone, right? That's free to play. Anyone can play it. But I guarantee they make money because people buy the battle passes and they, they buy yeah. the things. Like, that's where a lot of money will come in. I don't have like, an affiliation with the IP because I've never heard of it before. So I give it a whirl. All right, cool. Mr. Moles, I want to bring you in. What's your, what's your take on this, son? Yeah, I'm just going to say that no game is ever free. There's always something that gets your hard-earned cash, whether it be season passes or battle passes or dare I say it, loot crates or some stupid in-game currency that means you know your 10 pound is now worth five nothing is ever free let's just face it you say oh it's a great IP it's free to play well yeah it's free to get going that's what they yeah. mean it's free to yeah. get on free to start the platform and yeah free to start and oh you want to do these because ah 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 he didn't say the magic word you, uh, you know uh, what uh. i mean <laughs> there'll be something somewhere in the game where if you want to progress faster then you gotta put in your hard-earned cash grass so, gas or ass no one plays for free jonathan moles um with that in mind, though, because yeah, I think we're all, we're all in uh, agreement on that not that pff, we're the court that decides what happens or not um Let's talk about another free-to-play game. We talked about time. We, we're we're in the, the League of Shadows. Um, we do know that Destiny 2 is in a very unique situation where they're going to be able to offer cross-play across uh, the Destiny network, which means all of a sudden PC people will be able to play console people. It's going to be it's going to it's going to be cats and dogs loving each other, complete chaos. Um, but uh, and this release is not actually happening until towards the end of the year of another expansion. Everyone's hypothesizing September, but we don't know officially yet. Um, but 
I think someone messed up somewhere where all of a sudden, for a brief moment in time, they accidentally turned on cross-play where you had people on different consoles playing Destiny together, different formats playing together. The world didn't shatter. Cats and dogs didn't just start marrying each other. It was fine. So why'd they turn it back off? Like I, I, I just, I just like the fact that this happened, and I really hope there's an intern somewhere who's being like being pulled into a corner and going, "Well, thank God that didn't f up." <laughs> oh man, I've nothing really to say to be honest with you. But like, yeah, no, well. fair enough, fair enough. I just was like cross-gen things coming, and you know we're starting to live in a world where where Sony is allowing that to happen a little bit more. Well, that's, I, the, that, well, that's that's the controversy, right? Because Sony charges for cross-gen. That, that's mm. that's the key, isn't it? Because obviously there's a huge lawsuit going on at the moment. You've got Apple involved, Epic involved, all sorts of stuff going on. And we're learning some interesting tidbits around um, like the, 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 the court case is really interesting because you're, you're learning little bits and pieces about certain things. And one of them is that apparently Sony charge uh, the companies the ability to enable crossplay and stuff like that, which they're arguing is complete rubbish they shouldn't be able to do that and it's, yeah that's been mistranslated hasn't it because yeah. a lot of people have taken that into a is there a fee that sony charges or in forces other developers to do to deliberately downgrade uh, their version onto other consoles which is not the case it's called mm. parity clauses and that's actually for the consumer not against the consumer so you know when you order when you see a picture of a burger and you go into a restaurant and that burger looks nothing like it the parity clause is to stop that from happening so for example they cannot turn around and say come play call of duty and show you a clip from the playstation 4 version and then you go to play it on your xbox one and it's basically stick men going this is call of duty it has to have with some degree of variation acceptance similar to the product that's being sold across the you know, across the whole thing sony fight for that so actually it's been completely twisted to make it sound they want it downgraded no they can't it's actually because of clauses like that when you see a trailer for a game the tra- they don't want to tell you that's on a that's captured on a ps5 they don't want to tell you that they want you they want you to believe that it's on the lowest common denominator so you think it's amazing they like, want you to and- believe that this not in-game footage is in fact in-game footage yeah, exactly. So like like it's been mistranslated a little bit and that's why I've been hesitant to kind of put that stuff in the news. Although, Mike, you sound far more clued up on this than I am and it is something to keep checking back on because this is kind of like the gaming case of OJ Simpson versus the people, right, to an extent of how much coverage, especially in the States, this is getting. Um, but, you know, this actually quite ties interestingly into the next bit of news, which is although Sony are a-holes, they don't want people playing in their toy chest and they don't want people going to other people's toy chests and 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 finding other fun um they are allowing for the the latest uh, generational controller the dual sense to be allowed to be used on other devices i.e an iphone or an ipad if you are accessing your playstation uh your playstation remote play or your playstation now account um so this kind of suggests that they are a little bit more uh, you know flexible in terms of letting their hardware being used, providing it's to access your content acquired by Sony. So I don't know, maybe there is a world one day where PS Now could be available for other people, but I think we're a long way off from it. 
Yeah, I'm sure I already did that before with my PlayStation 4. I'm sure I've played you it on my Mac. PlayStation 4, yeah, but they've, they've now allowed for PS... I know it's stupid, but they're now on PS5 for the haptic feedback stuff to be uh, accessible okay. as well. They then removed it for a bit. I think there was a massive fallout between Sony and Google, and then they just removed it from the App Store because it used to have remote play hmm. on your apps. In fact, I went and got an Expedia giant phone because quite literally they're like this is the only place you can do remote play for your playstation back when sony was in the the game for this so it was never a technology issue they were ready for it it was actually just kind of like a legal thing so they've been kind of slowly reintroducing that again but uh, just before we we go into games that have sold and everything else there's something quite funny that's popped up um in the the world of resident evil uh, because that's the big game right now that's the thing that's been coming out a director in holland has uh, come out and he's trying to sue Capcom uh, because they have taken one of his creations from a movie and stick it in um, stick it in the game. And there's there's probably a case for it. Um, I'm not going to go into because it might go spoilerific in terms of us talk about the character, but um, you can see it on the internet. There's lots of videos and things posted of that. But the whole game Resident Evil is a parody of well not parody but it's, it's homage to the zombie genre right George A. Romero the grandfather of zombie movies directed the Resident Evil TV commercial because they're like oh we love you and all that sort of stuff and so of course they're going to pay homage it should be more of a badge of honor to be honest but um I didn't really know what else to say and I thought it kind of made me laugh so I thought I'd stick it in the news have you ever seen a film character or like a game character pop up in a film that wasn't meant to be there and just found it hilarious no no fair enough I was trying, just, just trying to think like uh, some of one of those things kind of on the spot I don't know like it's uh yeah, I don't know. I, it's, it's hard to I'm think. Still, of I, I, I just keep thinking about what's his face, uh, Gomez from the Adams family, being uh, in the Street Fighter movie. In Bison. In Bison. Yeah, exactly. And it's just, you know what? It would never work on paper, but it just works on screen. To me, it was Tuesday. <laughs> Anyway, uh, as mentioned, Resident Evil 8 was uh, one of the biggest selling games in the franchise. It's one of the fastest selling games in the franchise, selling 3.5 million units since its launch of last week. Jesus Christ, hot damn, that's a lot of games being sold. But other games were sold over the last couple of weeks as well. Mr. Carl Edwards, let's take a minute just to, to talk about it and see if, like, you know, re- remind people and maybe talk about them if they've if played some other stuff as well. Yeah, just a few, to be honest with you, but some, but some goodies. So obviously you mentioned Resident Evil. Um, obviously, as I mentioned, a new, new Pokemon Snap, which is, uh, yeah. I've, I've read a lot of stories about uh, people with their Switches and their girlfriend gets hold of the Switch and won't give it back because of Pokemon Snap. It's one of those games that um, if you have a, an, uh, a partner who isn't particularly into video games, this is some. This is a, kind of like an Animal Crossing scenario. This is I the. An, I was about to say it's the Animal Crossing of of games. Yeah, it's a bit like look, it's it's a, it's a it's a lovely relaxing game. Returnal, we mentioned that earlier as well, I believe. I uh, can't wait to play that. Yeah, man, it's one of those things. It's like really, really interesting reviews. People I trust in the industry love this game, and I'm. Yeah. Uh, it's we again. It's one of those things that when I eventually get a PS5 in 2027, it's going to be hopefully dirt cheap. So that'd be really good for me. Um, so uh, you also got um, Total War Rome Remastered. Obviously, the Total War series, uh, ah, big time. Yeah. I assume PC, right? Or yeah. is this? Yeah, re- remastered that bad boy, and also uh, Subnautica. Did you play the original one? No. What what is this about? It's got a cool name. So it's uh basically it's like a survival uh game set underwater, 
apparently it's quite terrifying at points. Well, they've released, I, I don't know if it's an add-on. I think it's a new game. It's called Subnautica Below Zero, where it's like another game which basically explores the consequences of the first game. Uh, I've been reading people that have been playing it and supposedly some of it is just freaking terrifying, but it's really, uh, people love it. People really love the Subnautica game. So yeah, I, one of those games that kind of, I've wanted to play, but I've just never got around to it. Um hmm. And I just wanted to kind of touch on a big release coming up, Mass Effect. Uh, Ah, yes. The big, bad, booty daddy. Ultimate edition, yeah, yeah. The legendary Mass Effect is coming out, I believe, on the 14th. So that's two days from our recording date. Um, You'll probably be out by the time this this, this show comes out. Um, Yeah, so big, some big games happening there. Um, And yeah, I think... Returnal for me looks really interesting because it's basically a, a 3D bullet hell game, which hmm. is just sounds incredible. I've watched loads of videos. I watched the Digital Foundry kind of breakdown of it. Man, alive! These guys done some good work on this game. Oh. Yeah, I I kind of wanted to stop watching because not because I didn't want to watch it because it looks compelling, like you say. But this, what I'm interested in is not the gameplay looks amazing, but quite honestly it feels like it's just scratching a very similar itch to stuff that we've had recently with Hades and the like and that sort of thing. But what I am really digging is this story because they are very open and transparent that when you play the game, that's not the first time she has gone through this death loop and you can pick up recordings and things like that. And then they all of a sudden randomly, and I'm not spoiling anything because this is in trailers and everything now, She's random in the middle of nowhere, but then all of a sudden her childhood home just appears in front of her. And then you go into a first-person mode, and it's like the PT demo or Resident Evil 8, where you're going through and learning some scary stuff and everything else. And I'm like, if this is the crazy crap they've got in this game, I want to be absolutely blown, my mind blown, not see any more of it. So I stopped. I was like, I'm sold. I can't remember. Some described this as this is more Ridley Scott's Alien than James Cameron's Aliens movie. And that's a good thing because it's very much story-driven and tense. But with that, it looks gorgeous as well. There's there's a lot of homages to um, classic sci-fi. Like a lot. I saw a few bits and pieces and it's like people like, yeah, this is literally ripped straight out of Alien. This entire set is like, it looks awesome. Like really, really atmospheric, dripping in atmosphere. Dripping. Ah, there we go. That's that's the the description. Put that quote in a box. (laughs) Gripping. So dripping. Michael Gardner. (laughs) Great box players, guys. Uh, Mr. Moles. Now I know you are a man of the Mass Effect crowd. Um, At some point you'll be picking this up, no doubt. But um, and we've already gone through this bit, haven't we? Of how many hours that you reckon it will take for me to do? Any any tips for newcomers to that franchise, or is it just embrace it and love it? Uh, the first one is very very different to the second and third. They they kind of switch things up with kind of mechanics of two and three. So it'll be interesting to replay them and see if they've kind of aligned all of the games to play mm. the kind of same. Um, I'll be picking it up at some point for sure. Uh, and you could burn a lot of hours in it. Um, you could probably do a hundred hours across all three games. It's going to be worth the money. I'll say that certainly yeah. going to be worth it. Um, and I, I can't remember when the first one was out. It was over, well over ten years. We're at ago. uni. Uh, uh, that makes that no one on uh, no one else listening to this will know what that means. We're at uni. It was about I think it was two thousand and eight. Yeah, it's been a while. So it'll be nice to revisit some of the story that I have forgotten as well. Um, um, but yeah, two, well, and, two well, and three were fantastic. A lot of people were disappointed with the original ending of three. 
So they did end up releasing a big patch and a, and a new ending. It turns so, out it was Rebecca Vardy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we should say, yeah, it's, it's, I'm looking forward to that. It'll be good. Nice, man. Yeah. Nice. My, well, my, my, anyway. my two quick tips okay. for that, sorry, just quickly is speak to absolutely everyone at, all, at every moment you possibly can. Um, just embrace it. And secondly, make sure that when you're creating your character, you are happy with the results because you're going to have to look at that guy's face or that girl's face for a long time. Okay, so don't do what you did in Destiny, Flint, and just create... And made the, the stupid sex robot, which has been the stupid sex robot for the last six years. <laughs> yeah, exactly that, basically. You're going to be watching this guy or girl just do a lot of things over the course of the next hundred hours. So make sure you're happy with that appearance. I also picked like the worst voice as well. So it's just like, this is me. I'm your robot. Whatever dialogue is, because I skip for it because my guy, my guy's so bad, but you can imagine that. Anyway, uh, thanks for taking us through the latest releases, Mike. People that are listening that are playing these games, let us know what your thoughts are on Twitter at Grey Fox plays, but chaps, you know what? Yeah. It's been too long because we we had Mikey away uh, and it was just me and Moles. And when it's just me and Moles, you know we're just going to talk Resident Evil and not do anything else. Um, but I think it's about time we spin some wheel. What do you think? Ooh. Ooh. All right, right, let's get that spinning. Do it. Ah, interesting one. So, game mechanics. I want to hear about the best engines that have, you've seen in games, whether that be physics engines or decision engines, just general engines, really. Um, that's a good one. I I do have something that springs to mind straight away when I, when I think about this, and this is probably a bit of recency bias. Um, I mentioned control, the levitating and picking up stuff. Literally everything is an item you can pick up or move and destroy an enemy with and i didn't and as your powers progress your ability to use your telepathy or whatever it's called increases which means you go from first of all you can just pick up chairs you can just pick up like debris off the floor and then all of a sudden it goes from you can pick you can move you're in offices so you can move whiteboards you can you can pick up desks you can pick up people as your powers progress and i had just got so much love and affiliation for it because it is just so much goddamn fun and the amount of work that must have gone into that craft to make that work jesus christ man like i know i've got a bit of recency bias i've just completed it um also i know it sounds really stupid but whenever i think of my game games physics engines and all this sort of stuff do you remember when the ps2 first came out one of the launch titles was killzone and their big gimmick and i went nuts for this was it's destructible environments you can fire your rocket anywhere and it will cause a crater and i bought the game just because of that my parents were like i remember queuing up at woolworths because woolworths was a thing back then and i was like i want killzone i want killzone save me pocket money up and i bought it and my parents were like oh my dad's like well, what game's that boy you know and i was like well it's a game where you shoot stuff oh, okay cool and like you shoot the ground and like there's holes in it and i generally thought that you could shoot if you fired enough rockets into the ground, you would shoot through to like the center of the earth or something. Turns out it's just a picture of dirt, and it's just a picture of dirt that gets more dirtier the more you fire downwards. And you can basically almost like what well, Minecraft eventually become, right? You can start digging and digging and digging. Uh, Mikey, where, where you hit, when you hear engines about like the the physics behind the game, not necessarily just the the sexy front stuff, where does your mind go? So there's a couple. 
there's 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 a couple um i think obviously from in terms of pure physics i think like half-life 2 was just uh pretty revolutionary in oh terms my of god yeah things. right just yeah just in terms of how things interacted with the world um a special shout out to portal as well uh the the physics behind how that works i don't know if that's quite what the question you're talking about like in terms of the the game behind the game if you know what i mean like incredible um I think I prefer. I'm going to focus a bit more on some other aspects, if that's okay. Yeah. Um, two, three come to mind. So one of them, where I'm talking about how the world interacts with each other, um, would be Zelda Breath of the Wild. Oh my god! Just because so much you can do whatever the hell you want, and it all like there's little things in there that like I watched a video on YouTube the other day, and it was something like 19 things, or it was more than that, it was like 31 or something things that you didn't know about Zelda and it's like it was released like two weeks ago and I was like it, this game's been out for quite a few years now and it's still I didn't things, know that <laughs> there's still things I'm like I never knew that like there's little things about how the physics works where I was like I did not know you could do that that is absolutely amazing um, so that's one of them uh, Divinity Original Sin 2 um, I wax lyric about this game all the time to Flint um, that game the way everything interacts in terms of um fire, water, electricity, all that kind of stuff. Again, it, the, the elements play a massive role in that game and how they all interact with each other is really, really, really cool. Uh, it's very, it kind of, it's it's the entire gimmick of the game to a degree and it's really well done. Um, in terms of uh, the other aspect I was leaning towards outside of physics is uh, kind of um, dialogue choices because that's mm. people, whilst I said earlier that I'm not big on games of, million millions of cutscenes. i like games where i get to choose what i say that is very important to me and um the uh what's the after my mind's gone blank what's the game that's coming out soon it's the one disco elysium there you disco go elysium. over um, a million lines of dialogue have been recorded for that that game is absolutely mind-breaking when you guys you could, it's out now on console i yeah. would recommend heartily that when it goes on sale or whenever you fancy it go and pick it up because it is an experience. It is an experience like none other. Um, and the last game I would mention is Deus Ex um, because that game, the original one back in the day for PC, freedom of choice. The game reacts to how you play it. There's no set goals. There's no set anything. It's literally go and play it. This is kind of your overarching, what you have to do, do it however, how you want. And the game reacts to how you're doing it. That When I was a kid playing that game, that came out in... Um, what uh, 19 2000 it came out in the year 2000 and it was i'm playing that my dad's pc and i was like oh my god this is i can't believe this this i can do whatever i want i have freedom to to play this stealthily i can hack things around i can go in guns blazing and the game reacts accordingly to how i'm doing it and games don't do that now you know what i mean like it's mm. just for its time utterly mind-blowing obviously critically acclaimed as well because of that so they're the ones that kind of stick out to me just off mm. the top of my head I, my, one thing as you were talking there uh, and first of all actually i really love this segment the idea of we're talking about the the little things that make those games completely sing and completely unique for their experiences are based on their engines they have and they can either phone it in and just buy something out of the shelf or they can really really overthink this to the point where maybe people like us are the only ones who really appreciate it but i think of red dead redemption 2 of all of the different i remember when that was doing the press rounds and i think it was there was a big presentation done at rockstar and everyone was allowed to quiz 
the people who were designing the engine, not in the day and light light cycles, because that's kind of like an obvious way of how they've done that, but your camp. And the the gimmick they went on was your camp functions with or without you. So it's not a case of everyone's there to service you. There is little communities of stuff. There are people with their own stories. It's the TV show Westworld in a game. Like everyone has a narrative and we have to write those narratives and we make sure that they adhere to a structure and a culture and a logic. But that is not influenced by the presence of you. And that blew my mind hearing about it and then playing it and experiencing it that could have literally just been phoned in of just there's some NPCs and they just go, hello, hello hero. And, and that's it. But no, they really, really did. That's not a slander on fable games, by the way, but it's just that maybe laugh when I think about NPCs and video games. Um, and that that's awesome. And also with that, I remember, especially with red dead two, you can cut off complete story narratives or they can become massive branching trees. I'll give you an example. I was riding my horse along. I saved it as a video. I very, I rarely save PlayStation videos and tweet them, but I had to do this one because it was so funny. Was I was running along, and then I saw a member of the Klu Klux Klan walking to a meeting. Now, I have read on the internet that when you see this happens, if you follow, you can go unlock tons of story threads. Like, it will literally go into this whole thing of you infiltrating the, the, the KKK and, like, kidding and all that sort of stuff. Or you can just kill him. And nothing happens. So I thought, I'm not going to do that. I want to see it happens. So I followed him to a meeting. And then I was like, you know, it's going to be quite funny. I was just like, oh, this will solve this problem. I just chucked a stick of dynamite in. Killed them all. That's it. No story narrows. Hundreds of, well, not hundreds, but a lot of hours of gameplay just gone. Oh, well, I move on to something else. Like, what other game has the balls to do something like that other than like a massive rock star game? It's insane. Yeah, uh, that, that's that freedom of choice in video games is something that I I, I love. You know, and that's I, said, I mentioned earlier. I don't like it when I am restricted to to going to certain places because my level and stuff like that. Like, it just feels a bit arbitrary. Feels a bit archaic these days. And um, yeah, like being able to do stuff. Like, it's why I, I loved playing Morrowind back in the day. Like, you know, what I mean, even something like Skyrim. I've comp- I've played. I remember playing a game of Skyrim years ago where I played about a hundred hours and I didn't even go and I didn't even go to the top of the, the mountain. You do that in the first like 20 minutes. Hanging you know? about, man. Yeah, yeah. Never bothered I to love- go and get the dragon claw. Didn't need it. Don't, don't care, mate. Shout, don't need him, brother. I'll go and do something else. I'll go and be whatever I want to be. And that's that level of doing what you want. I'm a big fan, but yeah. Morrowind is a good shout to give myself a pat on the back because that game, you could literally hack the crap out of it but all within within the game. Like it was yeah. the systems involved in it were so robust that you could basically like invent your own spells and do whatever. Like it was just insane. Like you could have you you could end up having like running speed of just like nine 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 nine. So you basically were just zoom like zooming around the map because you've mm. got all these like, it's just yeah, games where you can just do stuff like that where you really do push it to its limits and kind of break it. Big fan of that kind of stuff. Mr. Moles, I'm gonna bring you in here. Has there been a game where you've gone Hot damn! Like you didn't have to do that, but this this engine, this thing that's that's powering mm. this is amazing. Yeah, um, destruction of buildings in the battlefield games. 
Um, I think one of the first ones I played was probably Battlefield Bad Company. Bad Company too, man. That one yeah. had destructible environments. Used to, used to just, oh, I'm going to get my tank. Big open world. Oh, there's some people hiding in a building. I'm just going to fucking take the building down, and I? Just <laughs> tank, tank away, my friend. Tank away. Tank away. <laughs> Put out a shirt. The building comes down. That, that Love kind it. Of environmental destruction. Uh, the Battlefield games are pretty good for that. I do like that kind of physics-based um, cause and effect. And, yes. uh, you blow a car up and it does it does shit around the car. You know, it doesn't just... It's like GTA, the early games didn't do it. You blow a car up and the person falls over and then gets up again. Nah, yeah, you tried there. You didn't quite get there. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, the destruction of, of um, environments... It's good. Yeah, you know like what I always really appreciate, and I know this is stupid, but like in a video game, when you leave an item or like you destroy something and then you go and play that game and maybe you have to backtrack because of story, maybe you backtrack because you're grinding, maybe just you want to go have a little look around before you finish off the game. I spent a bit of time here. I want to go take some memories. And you go back and... It's still there. That is still there. And you're like, hot damn, like you know like a lot of effort has gone into preserving keeping that there because... You know, it's just uh, it's just a lot easier to for that thing as soon as it's out of the field of view, it's out of mind, outside, gone. Right, I don't have to use resources to keep it, but they've gone to the effort to make sure that you have done that. Whilst at the same time, I love games as well where you might hate it at the time, but a decision you make actually does screw you over later down the line. Right, for example, I mentioned the Red Dead Redemption. I can't do that story beat anymore because I've killed that person, and that's fine because the KKK deserves to be dead anyway. But still, the point of actual repercussions as an action beyond just a bit of a story narrative or a tree branch bit of dialogue, like Chef's Kiss absolutely adore that sort of stuff. Um, is there any, like, speaking about that while we're on that thread, is there any games where, like, there's been an actual meaningful impact as a result of your decision, which would be a different experience to revive in my version of that game that you can think of that comes to mind? Um, any kind of role-playing game in that sense. So your Baldur's Gates, Planescape Torment, um, even, I said Divinity Original Sin 2, like, yeah. uh, you can play that game with different party members and have a completely different experience in terms of the um, narrative of how you play it. The end goal is going to be the same, you know, dude saves the world, but, like, um, your experience going through it is going to be different. Disco Elysium is a perfect example here because you can play that game and be a drunk and have a completely different experience to someone who's, like... Uh, you know, a Sherlock Holmes character, like it, it really depends on how you want to do it. And you will get a very different experience depending on how you want to go and do it. Um, I mean, like even many games, like any kind of role-playing game I find, and that's kind of the good, the mark of a good role-playing game is that I can play it how I want to play it. And like, I always have to fight the urge when I play an RPG to go, okay, what's the best, what's the meta thing i should get you know what's the best build and stuff like that and it's like yeah. if you've got a game where you've got a better build that's better than anyone else and everyone just goes it's, it's a bit boring isn't it so like when i play if i got i replay skyrim every year or so and it's like i know that i automatically want to go and be a, a sneaky archer this is my you know that's that's just my, my default. Guy, yeah. it's like you know what i'm just gonna go around and club people with a giant hammer and that you know what i mean it's just things like see that, that, see which, that see how that plays out <laughs> do you know what I mean? and I, I, I like that and if there's a game games which don't allow you and give you that freedom uh because doing so is going to give you a worse experience yeah that's where i'm a bit i struggle a bit so 
No, that's fair enough. Well, in that case, then, if you have thought of any interesting game tidbits from engines that have gone since yesteryear, there you go, try and put that in a sentence. Um, get in contact with us on Twitter at GreyFoxPlays. Now, chaps, now we, we could call it or we could do we could spin it. I'm going to leave this one with moles. Are we going to call it or spin it? Spin it. And if it's crap, we can cut it out. <laughs> that's why you're the producer. All right, let's get that spinning. For one final topic for this pod. Oh, okay. A little bit simpler, this one. Now, listen to the question we are being asked. Most iconic first-person shooter. Not your favourite, not the best. What you believe to be the most iconic. GoldenEye. I'll go Doom. Doom. Of course it's Doom, isn't it? It probably is Doom, but let's talk about others for a second. Um, <laughs> I, I'm a person, personally iconic, as in I find iconic, not necessarily the whole world might agree with me, is probably Halo. The first, so That represents so much to me uh, because I'm of the age that I was absolutely loving video games breathing them, inhaling them, wanting to know everything about them at the age when the Xbox came out. Do you remember Dwayne The Rock Johnson standing there giving the people's eyebrow, standing next to Bill Gates, where they were like, we're talking about, and they called it the direct Xbox, because, uh, and the prototype was not the black box that we come to know and love. It was actually a big silver X. They were showing it off then. And at that point, they're like, we are going to show you the future of video games. And they showed us just a quick clip of Halo. And for me, this was like, oh my god! I've for me, first person shooters before that was war games. It was Medal of Honor, and or it was Castle, um, where it was called uh, Wolfenstein. All of a sudden, you are showing me twenty twenty one Tron meets cool alien stuff, and you are showing it in such a revolutionary way that I had never ever seen before, and. When and when I got it, it was so smooth, so buttery smooth of playing, and it felt so like a class ahead of its time. So for me, it was iconic, so iconic that the sequel absolutely blew it away. And one of the greatest rock bands of all time, Incubus, done the soundtrack to it. Like, mate, hot damn! I'm not saying they're the king anymore. Hell no. After Halo Three, it took a bit. Halo Four is okay. Halo Five. Okay, you went and got that pretty cool guy. Uh, what's his name? I can't remember. Plays uh, Luke Cage to be like the human actor in it as well. Great actor. One of the, Mike Coulter, the coolest man in the vid, in the whole world. Mike Coulter. He just walks around Mike Coultering up the place because when you're about six foot four, built like a bloody shit house, and as smooth as voice as he has, you can be the coolest man on the planet. That couldn't save that game. Okay, so and that. And for what it's worth, the Halo Infinite stuff, I'm glad you guys stopped and took a second because what you've shown us was goddamn dirt rubbing in our eyes. But if we go back to 2002, when uh, this console first showed us that there are competitors out there and hot damn, they can be good. Halo, oh, man. So I, my heart for me is saying Halo. So if I was to take away the ones that you know you would think as being like the iconic ones, so Goldeneye, your Doom, and stuff like that, even Halo, for me, on a personal note, it would be Counter Strike. That's a that, damn good. That's in fact that's a good one, regardless of heart. That could be that, like there's an argument. I mean, how old's that game? It's still being played in its current form. 
Yes, it's, it's been modded to hell it's, not it's, stuff, but it's pretty much more popular now than it's ever been as well. It's one of the most. It's one of the top players, if not the most played game on Steam, pretty much all of the time in CS:GO. It's it's an incredibly popular game, and it started in 1999. Um, yeah. I played Counter Strike 1.6 to the end of days, man. That, that was like my college game. I played that endlessly with Mr. Moles. You know, we played at uni all the time as well. Shit, I love Counter-Strike. Yeah, Is that, do you know what I mean? And it's obviously, and that was, what did it start as a mod of Half-Life, right? If I'm correct? It was, yeah, built on the Half-Life engine. As a, yeah, as and a and to be honest, I mean, you, when you say iconic FPSs, realistically it struggled to go ahead go more better more iconic than there's half-life a, 2 yeah you can you can bat for that man like there's you're right there's there's something in there actually this is a lot more i mean when moles went doom i was like yeah of course it's doomed then actually when you start pulling at those threads and actually start really really thinking about there's it's, an argument to say that and i know we shouldn't be talking about sales figures that should really ignore it but it does inform the zeitgeist a little bit Call of Duty, when it pivoted from being just a World War every year simulator to trying to be a multiplayer experience, which is across uh, not just the internet, but also different platforms, they kind of, you got to say they're part of the the conversation. Dude, Call of Duty Modern Warfare is an absolutely iconic FPS. It's everyone remembers the levels. Like everyone remembers the levels from that. Even the campaign, I don't play like, I played the uh, uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare, the one that came out a couple of years ago. Played that to death. I never touched the campaign. I didn't. I couldn't tell you what was in that. I never. I never. Is that, one, that, is that the one they put Kevin Spacey in? I don't know. Wouldn't can tell. You. Uh, I, I never clicked like the button. They had a gimmick Whereas, of getting like a famous face, didn't they, each year? And for one year it was Kevin Spacey, and now they're like, cut the story mode. <laughs> like I've never, I've never clicked on that campaign button, and I never will because it was just like, you know what? I bought the game to play multiplayer. That's it. Call of Duty: Modern Warfare was the one that introduced things like kill streaks and all kinds of stuff like that. And it was that was jam hot, man. That that game revolutionized a lot of things. Um, I think you can make a case for all of them because because GoldenEye was the the multiplayer kind of shooter like because you could have uh, Nintendo with four with four controllers on you even stuff like which off the back of that things like time splitters came came into focus doom obviously popularized a whole load of things like Wolfenstein and like serious Sam and bloody what's the guy I'm here to chew bubblegum what's that guy yeah Duke Duke Nukem the guy who's who's been parodied by serious Sam that's the one yeah like all of that genre of of games Half-Life came in with its physics um, and then spawned into Counter-Strike but Half-Life was basically like we're gonna tell a proper story which is engrossing beyond belief that morphed into counter-strike, which was like online uh, death matches, which was just incredible. You had modern warfare doing what it's done, which is morphed into basically the big, I mean, was it the mobile app has a billion downloads or it's made a billion in revenue or something stupid like that. Halo, which is just even again, kicked the bar when it comes to revolutionizing, revolutionizing campaign and also online multiplayer as well. There's so many big hitters in this. Um, I'm not qualified to talk about it, quite frankly. FPS, I'm, I'm, I'm decent at them, but there's, I'm nowhere near. You know, Halo three and four, I was pretty damn good at. But yeah, they're. Mm. I think that's the problem. I mean, just to go on the Halo conversation just for a little bit longer. I think the biggest problem is that Halo one was, like, say, revolutionary. Halo two, a worthy successor, but. This, it's fair to say, 
it might be controversial to say the series did not ever show us that big jump up from the baseline of what we expect to be in a first person shooter in subsequent games. And no, that is they, if- they, sorry to interrupt, but Halo, Halo three, I loved, I thought Halo three online was absolutely. Mwah. Um, Halo four was basically let's steal all the things that call of duty made good. Um, and they tried to yeah. s- implement them into Halo, like, sp- even stuff arbitrary stuff like sprinting, you know, stuff like that, which was like, oh, yeah. But if you press, if you press crawl while you're sprinting, you'll slide. Yeah. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> yeah, it's like okay, cool. I mean, I liked Halo. I liked Halo Four. It gave me a. I, I was again, I was pretty good at that one with my old buddy, Mister Lee Collard. So, uh, but yeah, it's um. I applaud, I applaud Doom because they were going down the story narrative route for a long time, right? Of just, oh, here's the story and it's going to be really scary and it's going to be really atmospheric and, and you're going to have some crazy weapons until 2016 where they went, F- it. speed, pace, metal music. Who gives a toss about the story? It's just going to be, you want it to be like the opening scene of an action movie in hell. Yeah for three or four hours that's what we're making and they stuck to their guns man and that's a real brand identity that has come out from that because before it was just a case of oh the logo's dope but oh it's a pig thing that's all we're going to talk about just a pig thing uh where they really doubled down on that and i I think that's probably the longevity of it being reimagined and still going i can't think of a first person shooter that can survive itself to be reimagined and continue on argument that prey actually is kind of that they they reinvent themselves and apparently the the remake of prey is very good albeit a lot shorter in terms of lifespan when i I played the doom like the the new original doom if you know i mean from a couple of years ago when I when I when I fired that sucker up, I bought it on sale for like a tenner, and literally within about two minutes, I was ripping faces off. I was like, the chainsaw. Like, the, just now everything. we're talking. No fucking nonsense. None of this. Like, oh, look at this big massive cutscene. It's like, no, dude is dude is there. He basically gets up. He puts his helmet on and starts obliterating things. And it's like, that's exactly what I'm looking for. And it was, I think it was something that a lot of people missed in a weird way, you know? And it's yeah. like, yep, this is, I'm down to clown here. Give me some it's of that. The, it's the anti, it's the antithesis of what all first person shooters were at that point, which was, here's your story narrative. You are going to wake up in a bed. You're going to turn off your phone. You're going to walk to a mirror. You're going to have this big cutscene explained. This was just no doom guy, helmet on big gun and when a thing goes you're going to get a cool animation of some punching like mortal combat with some amazing blood splatter like it was in a sam raimi movie now that was awesome and that is kind of like yeah i think i mean moles let's bring the producer in where are you thinking are you are you with us on on the doom part actually uh, so you were the guy who suggested doom have, have you okay. changed your mind or has anything oh, made you think differently no, that's Doom. I, I racked up a lot of hours on the originals, like one, two, and three, like way back. I think I had them on the Windows 95, I think it was. I don't know, it was some old PC. My brother got it. I used to play it, even though I shouldn't do blood and gore and all that stuff. It's nothing compared to what they are nowadays. But yeah, you try and think of a more iconic. The only other one I can think of is like Quake, but that was like the rival to Doom. Yeah. I think Doom set the benchmark. And as FPS games have evolved over the years, Doom was like kind of left behind until like you know, I always four, felt like Quake was, like, was the the guy that didn't like your games would say they play. You know what I mean? Yeah, like the contrarian. Would, 
Oh yeah, we play Quake. Like, oh, all right. Yeah, well, right. Well, I've got Doom, so you know. <laughs> but they didn't do a Doom game for many, many years, and then when they did release the one a few years back, it was like you say, they went all out. You know, back to the roots. We're just going to put blood and gore and every everything. This is what I mean, people want. I, what people I love. do. I do agree with the Half Life thing, though, because prior, no, I don't have much prior knowledge to when Half Life came out. I got it on PC, and it was just a crappy Windows ninety five machine or something. Uh, but this is the antithesis of Doom in terms of it was like a movie in first person and the physics and everything else on that, but it was incredible. It blew my mind. It was like the first time you play a Kojima game back in the 90s. What, this can be cinematic? Well, one thing I loved, actually, um, Far Cry 2. Um, ah, Far Cry's a great show, right. actually. Do you know the reason I like Far Cry 2? It's the powers. Fire. No. Is because when you're in a cutscene or someone's talking to you, you can just you can just walk away, <laughs> right? You're not tied into watching shit if you don't want to. You're like, no, I've done listening to you now, and I'll just walk away and don't don't. You can you have freedom of movement just to get the fudge out of dodge if you can't be bothered to listen to someone. Just walk away, and I love that. I was like, excellent. I have a, if this guy's boring me, I can just walk away and just carry on doing whatever I want. That. That's a game. That, that, that goes into what I was saying earlier, my friends. Give me freedom. Give me choice. Give me choice not to have to listen to your crappy voice actor talk about something I don't care about. Hello, hero. Just <laughs> let me walk away, man. That's all I need. I buy and sell weapons and armor. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I think we've, we've taught that one to satisfaction there. I agree with your chaps that the most iconic FPS is Doom. But if we've missed something, I'm sure there's, there's going to be a franchise that we have not mentioned that someone's going to be screaming at their podcast device going, what the hell? Because we are available on Spotify, Stitcher, or whatever good podcast services are found. But you can get in contact with us on Twitter at GreyFoxPlays. Uh, and with that in mind, let me bring this round of growing old and grey while playing games to my chaps. Mr. Michael Cotton Edwards, thank you very much, sir. Thank you very much. And thank you. And I'm going to thank my mole man, the producer moles, Jonathan Moles, in the engine room. Pleasure's all mine, fella. I'm going to go play games. I've got questionable moral choices whilst listening to happy music. Sunshine, lollipops, and The Last of Us Part 2. With that note, please stay safe. If you've got an appointment, please make sure you attend it. Please make sure you take the vaccine, wear a mask, be kind, and everything in between. Till next time.